Welcome to Off the Court, a show dedicated to making you the best version of yourself as a player and as a person. I'm Coach Jack, CEO and owner of Close the Gate Hoops. If you're trying to take your life and game to the next level, this is the podcast for you. Let's get it. What up, John? Can you hear me? I can hear you. What's up? How are we doing? Right above me is weird. Good. How are you? I am doing fantastic. I'm excited to have you on, um, mainly because I actually don't know a lot about you, but the, the biggest reason I follow you because you're, you're following on Instagram. Um, which is something I want to talk about later, but I have uh, had a lot of trainers on recently. And so we can kind of do what you did. You said you wanted to go over basketball training in general and then um, your story. So first, did you want to kind of introduce yourself to the audience, who you are, where are you from? Um, how'd you pick up basketball? Did you used to play? How'd you get in training? Stuff like that. Totally. Absolutely. So uh, I'm John Hansberry, uh, also known as JQ. I run JQ Basketball Training. Uh, so, yeah, a little bit of background about me. Uh, so I started playing basketball when I was little. I uh, started playing on a team when I was in third or fourth grade. Um, and then from there, just, you know, picked it up, loved it. Um, really loved the challenge of the game. Uh, wasn't always the best at it uh, when I was coming up, but really just was one of those guys who just always stuck with it and kept going and going and going no matter what. You know, you weren't playing, you weren't doing this, you just kept going. So I uh, got to high school, played three years of RC basketball. Uh, Played near Portland, Oregon, so I'm from the Northwest, um, Vancouver, Washington, to be exact, Evergreen High School, uh, but played out there uh, and then ended up getting four offers to play college basketball uh, in small schools. Uh, I ended up playing for a couple of years at Bethel College, which is a small school in Kansas, um, ended up playing there uh, and then decided my best interest was to become a basketball trainer because uh, being the height that I am, being uh, not being able to play defense like I wasn't able to, uh, which is really the big reason why I wasn't playing that much. I was like, you know what? I can take my energy. I can take my passion and put it into something that I know I can be good at and know I have expertise in. Because being a short guard, uh, you have to pick up on a lot of things. You have to be able to learn uh, you know, different tactics uh, to be able to play at high levels. Uh, so I knew all those things and I worked really hard throughout my life. I was like, I can't just let stop playing basketball and let this go to waste. So I decided to pick up training while I was still playing. And then that carried over to a good transition into my second basketball life, I guess you could call it. So I started basketball training then, and then, you know, picked it up ever since. So that's kind of my basketball story in two minutes or whatever. That's, that's awesome. And I, I've definitely heard of Bethel right now. I play at Platteville. Um, So that's, that's how we know the the D3 universe. Where's that? um, so that's that's in Wisconsin. Platte, okay, Wisconsin. Gotcha. Very cool. Um, so I'm I'm from a small town near that area. But in terms of like what you were saying, I'm very similar. Um, yep. I would say I wasn't gifted with a lot of athleticism, things of that nature. Yep. You'll kind of notice that all trainers um, are kind of like that. They had to grind to get to where they are. And that's kind of <laughs> kind of why I all think of them. there is a there is a correlation there. I think, you know, it's very. Yeah, I can see it. So totally. Um. So did you kind of want to talk about your, so how long have you been out of college then for your, your basketball training business? Yeah. So I started my training business in 2018 um, and I graduated college in 2020. So I started um, towards the end of my freshman year in college. I graduated in three years. Uh, Cause after I stopped playing, I was like, I just got to get out of school. So I was like, <laughs> I'm going to double up on classes, do whatever I got to do to get out, get my degree, get out. So I uh, started training 2018, and then uh, I've been going ever since. Uh, I started training in Kansas, um, so that's where I went to school. And then recently, in February this year, I moved down to Florida. So I'm in South Florida near Miami right now. 
Okay. And so what made you want to go to Florida? Because um, have you been there before or did you just kind of pick up and leave? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's actually a great question. So uh, in Kansas, I started training uh, 2018, 2019. After I stopped, I started to gain a little traction in my small town community. I was outside Wichita, Kansas. It was like a small town and feel environment through 2019. And then COVID hitting, I was like, you know, I'm in this area where there's only so many basketball players that can train. And, you know, I was training about 15 to 20 per week at that time, which was a decent amount, um, you know, after COVID and everything. And I had a, you know, I had a cool spot uh, where I was training at. I had this church gym that was very affordable. You know, I could have just continued to uh, train out there. And I was also coaching out there too. I was coaching high school girls uh, basketball, uh, varsity basketball. So I was like, okay, I could have done that and continued with that. But I knew that what I wanted to do with my training business, um, I wasn't going to be able to achieve in a small area like that. Um, I did the research. And when I looked at Wichita, Kansas, and compared it to uh, South Florida, which is Miami, Fort Lauderdale, West Palm Beach, if I would have taken Wichita and put it down here, it would be one thirteenth of the population between the three counties, the three counties down here. That's so crazy. I'm like, okay, if I want to, obviously down here, there's a lot more competition, a lot more trainers, but there's a lot more people that I can train impact, you know, everything like that. So I knew that I needed to get out. And basically I knew that I uh, couldn't get out. And this kind of goes more in depth on me as a trainer, but I, I knew that I wasn't going to be able at that point to just pop up and leave and be, be a full-time trainer. So what I am right now is actually a teacher, so I'm a school teacher, uh, I teach sixth to eighth grade electives. Um, you know, working, you know, whatever, seven to three, and then at four to whatever I train after. So that's awesome. Sometimes I do trainers. Uh, sometimes I do sessions before school. So, you know, I'm just grinding, you know, working a ton of hours, you know, making content, doing all that sort of stuff too. But, um, eventually looking to transition away from teaching, but teaching allowed me to go to a new area where I found a lot of success thus far And eight, nine months. It's been, you know, I'm training way more kids than I would have ever thought than I, that I would have in Kansas. So. It's going well. It's this this jump, this uh, risk that I guess you could say I took is paying off. So it's great. That that is awesome because I would have never have guessed you. So you work all the teacher hours and then you work. So you're working from like what eight to eight basically. Oh my goodness. So yeah. So if I have a training session in the morning, I have this one player that I train. Uh, you know, two to three times a week at six a.m. So I'll get up. You know, five thirty or whatever, and then I have to be at my school at seven fifteen. So seven fifteen to. 3:30, and then from there i start sessions and i usually have two or three groups a night and then individuals on top of that so you that know you're going awesome. till eight nine strong pretty much so it's pretty much seven to nine that is, is how many or six six to nine some days what's that 13 hours 13 14 hours that's pretty impressive hours. it's a lot so um but it's good though 14 15 really 15 yeah something like that i don't know <laughs> i don't keep track so you, you talked about a little bit in terms of making content. Did you kind of want to talk about that? So um, the main, cause I've, I've found success on TikTok. I mean, TikTok's probably the easiest way to grow right now in terms of making content, Correct. but um, you've got like 80,000 followers on Instagram. So did you kind of want to talk about your, how you've grown on social media and when you started and kind of what you've done? Yeah, for sure. So Essentially, I started training in 2018, so I knew that I needed to start a page because I knew that that was the way to go. You yep. go on Instagram, you see, you know, 
big trainers on there, DJ Sackman on there. You see Chris Brickley. It's like, okay, well, I need to start my own thing. So yeah. uh, I remember I started off and uh, I was, you know, you know, trying to find hacks or ways to grow, um, you know, and I couldn't really find anything. So I was pretty stagnant. I gained about 2000 followers my first year or two in it, maybe like 18 months, just not much. Grew a little bit here and there, but you know, it wasn't anything to really speak of. And I was putting out content, but um, I'll just tell my story and then I'll tell you how I did it. So then COVID hit um, and I had about 4,000 followers on Instagram. Basically, I decided, you know, I'm going to start making TikToks. So TikToks was a big way to grow your, you know, like you said, it's very good, easy to grow organically, especially then. And even before then, I'm sure it was even easier. Um, so you got to hop on now. If you're not if you're a trainer right now, you got to hop on TikTok. You know, if you're any business, hop on. Mm -hmm. right this yeah. Is the time. Uh, you know, it was the time. You know, when I when I was doing it a year and a half ago. But um, started making TikToks. You know, started gaining. You know, it took a while, but started gaining traction after maybe like 50 videos, 100 videos. Uh, with that, you know, it, it comes a lot of responsibility. I'd say when you're a trainer, you want to put out the right content. You don't want to put out things that aren't gonna, you know, help the audience, elevate, elevate the basketball community. So I'm always thinking of new ways to teach things. So, yeah, but now going back, how I kind of grew that, um, my tactic was really just providing value. 2019, Peter Daniliv, I don't know if you heard of him before. He goes by 9010 Training on yep. Instagram. Okay, so I don't know if you've seen him before, but me and him did a little bit of work together. Um, I met him and he's kind of like, even if he knows it or not, he's kind of like big bro in a lot of ways and helping mm -hmm. me with a lot of the things that I grew and knew as a trainer. You know, I shadowed him in multiple workouts. and. He's, he's the real deal. You know what I mean? But he always told me when I, in 2019, uh, or he really told me then was you got to be able to provide the audience value. I would post videos of my workouts, um, you know, just with other players, but it was mm -hmm. just random clips and stuff like that. Yep. And I thought that was going to grow my page when there's no way, cause I'm not giving the audience anything, but they're watching clips of, you know, one of my players. I it's like, okay next you know what i mean but if i'm uh -huh. like actually you know giving them a tutorial or showing them how to do something they're gonna you know value that and they're gonna hit follow and they're gonna watch the next one and the next one and the next one if you're providing them value now granted sometime you know some kid is gonna do something crazy and go viral for it but for the most part if you're teaching that's what's gonna want get people to come back so i took that approach and you know it's nerve-wracking for some to do that coming out because it's like oh well who am i to teach or who am i to do this but you know it's paid off in the long run thus far and you know i'm going to continue to try to teach so yeah that's the biggest thing teaching providing yes. value and it'll grow and so. and uh for all the listeners it's jq basketball training or is it jq basketball so instagram. it's jq basketball training on instagram jq basketball on uh tiktok yes so tons of awesome content on there that i think would help anyone that's listening to this, um, for basketball training. So in terms of the basketball training itself, um, did you kind of want to dive into your philosophy? Cause there's many different types of basketball training these days. Um, you can go towards Michael Lancaster skill enhancement types of stuff. And then you've got, um, Drew Hanlon who, who will only use one basketball cause it's only game skills, game results, things like that. Um, I kind of find myself in the middle. I kind of like taking little bits and pieces from everyone and then making my own thing. Um, but did you kind of want to talk about your training philosophy, um, types of things you think are the most important in terms of basketball training and what you've learned the most from teaching over these last few years? Yeah, for sure. And, uh, 
I'm glad you framed it in the way you did. You know, there's the skills training, you know, specific, very detailed skills that you can work on. And then there's uh, the more game specific stuff. Um, I would find myself more on the game specific stuff. Um, how I teach is typically out of progressions. So I teach one skill or we work on one skill during a workout. Um, we'll usually perform out of my workouts. I always do ball handling. So I always train ball handling because I think that's something that all players need at all levels. So I do those in three different ways. I teach stationary ball handling. I teach semi-stationary where we move our feet, um, where you get into different footworks. Um, and then I teach moving uh, where you're really working on change of pace um, and changing direction because I think those are the that, that whole formula right there is a staple in my workouts. Um, post that, I usually do some sort of finishing. Um, and then really after that, it's working on some sort of uh, skill and then doing different progressions out of it. So like this week, this week was big on speed stops. So you work on a speed stop. Obviously, the first thing you have to do if you want to get into a speed stop is to go hard in one direction. So you work on going hard in one direction. Then you add in the speed stop. Then from the speed stop, you need to know your options. So I tell the players, okay. And I ask them, you're in this spot right here. You go speed stop. What is your defender going to do? And then what can you do to counter it? You know what I mean? And then we, we talk about it and then they're like, oh, they step left. Boom. We're going to end up going right with a crossover. Okay. Or you're going to, you know, get into your speed stop. They step back. We're going to get into a hezzy pool. You know what I mean? So basically you go from there, you go through a bunch of different progressions. Um, and then from there, I think the biggest thing that I do in my workouts is we take those progressions and things that we did and we go live with it. So I do a lot of group sessions. I do individual still, but for the most part, I do groups of players of same skill level, essentially. So you go live with somebody else for the last, you know, 15 minutes of a session. You take what we learned, you take those different progressions, and then you go into it. So, uh, and you, you try to take, you know, those things. You can go against air. You can go against me, uh, you know, if we're doing a beer finish, I'll hit you a little bit. I'll do something. But, you know, it's not like it's a real game. And I need to get players in situations and spots with constraints and restrictions on them. So that way um, they can really uh, take those skills and put them in, into games and be able to do them when they actually get on the court. Because that's what I feel like I train for. Um, I think that, you know, all trainers probably do. But we want to improve players for the game put them in situations where they can do well. Um, so that's really my philosophy with it. No. And that, that is awesome. Cause I totally agree with you on the group session stuff. I always say the fastest way to get better is just to play pickup. Um, and that's what I've seen from personal experience, but yeah. in terms of individuals too, and I think I've said this a few times on my podcast, but I believe individuals are only necessary when you have like um, shot change or things of that nature. And like you said, you do a tons of ball handling. So maybe if their footwork's like super far behind, yeah. you can break that stuff down for them. But if you're at a certain level where you don't need that, that specific attention, I definitely think groups are more beneficial. So what do you think the biggest advice you would give to a player who's trying to give the, uh, improve their game skill-wise? And then what would be your biggest advice for a player trying to improve their game mentally? Because we we do a lot of stuff um, on the mental aspect of basketball too on this podcast. So I thought I'd ask you both of those in terms of your basketball training philosophy. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's, that's really good. So I would say skill-wise, um, you know, it's it really depends on the player, obviously. You know, it's a very case-by-case -case basis. Um, so I'll start, I mean, I'll start off by saying, you know, I don't, I don't really, you know, I have to look at the player individually, but for the mentality wise, this is something that I've been talking about a lot with players who are struggling, you know, with confidence or struggling with things like that. 
it's really trying to detach. And this is, this is something that is macro. It's very hard to do. I don't know how many people can do it, but it's really to detach their game and how they play um, to their feeling or their opinions of other people. So basically you play the game because you love the game and you love the grind and you love to get better and you love challenging yourself to be better. You don't play it so that you'll make your parents proud or you don't play it. So you make your coach proud or you don't play it. You know what I mean? It's for you to enjoy. I see a lot of players who struggle with anxiety. So I don't want them to be anxious about things. Um, if they're struggling mentally, like they're missing shots or things like that. It's like detach yourself from what you think other people's opinions are of you. Cause there's a lot of players who just play for the attention. They just play cause they want to look cool. That's kind of what I did when I play. I thought I just wanted to look, I didn't really love the game. I don't think when I played, you know, I just wanted to be that guy, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, that's like a lot of people, I think, um, but you got to detach. Do you really love the game? If you do, then that's great. And you should love it. Even if you're on the bench scoring zero points and not even playing one minute, you still love the game and you still want to play it. You know what I mean? So if you're struggling mentally, you know, as far as those things go, which I think is the biggest thing that players struggle with is lack of confidence. It's trying to det- detach yourself from other people's opinions. That That is awesome because I think um, the biggest thing of lack of confidence is the fear, right? And the fear is totally attached to the opinions of other people, right? What could happen and then what other people would think. Um, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's really good advice. Um, and and again, like I, I'll even go a little bit further on that. I, it's It's again, case by case. I don't really have the formula to fixing that it's just being conscious of it and trying to stop stop doing it I, I still struggle to it with this day to this day but it's something you have to be conscious of i don't know what do you think <laughs> it's one of the it's one of those things that's totally easier said than done and i agree with you there's there's not much you can do about it other than being self-aware and slowly trying to improve over time we've covered a lot of good things and it's been really cool getting to know you john um Normally I wrap up with my interviews. What are your kind of your plans for the future and things of that nature to wrap up the podcast? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. So my plans are are coming quickly. So basically I'm at the point down here in South Florida where gym space is very limited. There's very hard to find gym space. So I do a lot of stuff outdoors, which let's be honest, it's not very professional. Um, I don't think it's a good look for me as a trainer, um, though I do have a lot of people who are behind me. I have a lot of people who support me and I feel like my training is really, really good. I, I put a lot of time and effort into it and I, I do a lot. Of, I've, I've developed a lot of players. So it's like, you know, I really feel like it's time for me to take that next step. So right now I'm looking for a warehouse space. So I've saved up a decent amount of money and I'm looking to, you know, get first last security down and then put down a, put down a court, put up a couple baskets and start my own gym because it's, it's about that time. So that's really the big plan for the future. Um, become a gym owner, um, you know, start, you know, having a bunch of classes every night, have some place where I can consistently go down here in South Florida. I mean, granted, we have decent weather right now, but when it comes to spring summer, um, it's, it rains a lot, you know, it rains pretty much every day. So it's like, you know, all these cancellations that I've had to do all these things. It's, it's frustrating. It's time to start the warehouse gym so i don't know that's really the big plan for the future continue to travel as well i've done uh, uh, a few different camps outside of uh florida just trying to travel do things in different places i i did one recently uh labor day i did in kansas 
went back there. I just did one in Charlotte um, three or four weeks ago. Um, and then I'm going to Arizona to do one in February. So looking to continue to travel, develop a network uh, with other trainers and, you know, really just kind of grow the brand. That is awesome. That's awesome on the, the warehouse and um, in terms of your future. So um, when this podcast will be up, John, it there's it's backed up. I overproduce a ton of them and post them every Sunday. Um, but when I do post that, I'll, I'll let you know. And then um, I'll give you my number through your Instagram DM because I definitely want to stay in touch. You seem like an awesome dude. Absolutely. Appreciate it. You as well. Um, thanks for coming on, John. Uh, I'll stay in touch and keep me up to date on the gym. Yes, sir. Will do. Peace out. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Off the Court. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please don't forget to leave reviews if you haven't yet. This helps us with engagement and helps us rank higher to make an influence on more basketball lives. I also strongly encourage you guys to check out our free ebook download that's 25 pages long, How to Unlock the Mental Side of the Game. I was a player that was constantly grinding and constantly working, and it was really hard for me not to see results from the amount of work I was putting in. But this ebook that I wrote dives exactly into those types of questions. I was completely ignoring the most important part of basketball, which is the mental side of the game. So the 25-page ebook that I wrote is for you guys to give yourselves a leg up on your competition and almost like a secret weapon. I call it the basketball cheat code. Also check out our website, ctghoops.com. On there, we got tons of programs that you guys can download to make yourselves a better basketball player. We have the CTG Productivity Notebook, helping you guys become addicted to productivity. Of course, in-person training, We are located now in multiple cities. And then we have the CTG blog, free education on becoming your best basketball self. Lastly, follow all our social media pages at CTG Hoops, where we post multiple times a day, trying to make you the best player and person that you can be. All the links for these are down in the description below. Thank you guys so much. Make sure you guys check out all the other episodes of Off the Court and make sure you're ready for next week's episode. I'm Coach Jack. We out, baby. Peace.